Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Steelers fans, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Steelers Draft Fix. My name is Jeremy Betts. I'm excited to be with you tonight. It's going to be a little different. You're used to me being solo, but we're doing a different show here. We're going to bring in somebody you have probably read many a time on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Mr. Andrew Wilbar is joining me today. We're going to do a draft show for you this offseason and cover everything from offseason roster moves to the draft. We're going to talk about it all. We'll get into a little bit more about who we are, but I do want to welcome in Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeremy. That's looking very forward to doing this. Uh, just great time of year, the NFL draft. Pre-draft process is always interesting. Combine's right around the corner. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man, it's almost as exciting as the season in its own way, right? I mean, I feel like, yeah, we're not getting to watch games, but, man, it's got a lot of potential, and it gets fans excited for what could be this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have – the Senior Bowl is really what has improved the offseason overall because before you really had just the scouting combine pro days – you didn't always get the most accurate measurements. Now they've really clamped down on that. And at the Senior Bowl, you actually get to see everybody in the same conditions. I feel like this year was the best quarterback class they've really had at the Senior Bowl. You had six of the top seven quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, was really telling, especially when the weather got really bad. It was really interesting to see how those guys performed on the, in the same, on the same level of competition in the same climate conditions. Uh, so it was, it was really telling to me. But I'm really excited to see the Combine this year, especially yeah. with the cornerbacks and the wide receivers, is another really deep group of both positions. And arm length and 40 time is more important to the cornerback position than any other position. Right. So draft stock is going to change with these players so much between now and April. But that's what we're here for. We're going to be breaking things down between now and April, just giving you the latest updates of whose stock is rising, whose is falling, who the Steelers should be right. targeting. Uh, it's going to be a good couple months. Oh, man, I'm excited for it. I've got – so many guys I'm keeping my eye on this year. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting offseason for the Steelers because we've got some big-time needs for the first time in a while. And uh, everybody knows what we're talking about. It's no secret. Quarterback is uh, changing, the changing of the guard in Pittsburgh. And there are so many young guns in the AFC specifically that are top-of-the-line quarterbacking, taking it to a whole new level. And the Steelers are going to really need to knuckle down there and – also, like you're talking about cornerbacks, who's going to stop those guys? Uh, you got TJ Watt up front, but you got to have somebody on the back end to help with that. So, uh, before we jump in too far into all that, I do want to kind of introduce ourselves to those who may be uh, new to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com or uh, anybody 
listening to this show for the first time. So uh, I will go ahead and start. I'm living currently in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Erin, and we have a sweet baby girl who just turned 17 months old. So my life is busy and hectic, but uh, it is a wonderful life out here in the mountains. I really enjoy that. Grew up in South Dakota and North Dakota. Uh, My dad was in the Air Force and that's kind of where we spent most of our time. So uh, I really enjoy the mountain weather, the the cold, the the seasons, um, the high elevations. It's kind of what I am used to. It's what I love. That's where I'm from. But my dad originally is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. And that is why I am a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Uh, It is so cool to have that kind of passed down through your uh, lineage, I guess, uh, through (laughs) the people that came before you that brought you into the world. And uh, that's just, um, it's just an amazing thing that I share with my family. All of us are Steelers fans. It's deeply rooted in us. So um, Andrew, how about you? Where, where are you from and why are you a Steelers fan? Well, I'm from Adrian, Michigan. I've lived there my whole life, just a very small city and well, about 25,000 people. It's about an hour South of Detroit, about 45 minutes South of Ann Arbor. That's why I'm a big Michigan fan. Go blue. Okay. Oh, uh, finally beat Ohio state. Just thought I'd throw <laughs> that in there. Yeah, you had to, didn't you? I'm an Ohio state fan for uh, those of you out there who don't know. So this is going to be a fun podcast. It is. Now <laughs> I will say my grandpa is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was born okay. and raised there. He ended up moving to Michigan when he was a teenager. Uh, so he's just kind of brought the Steelers tradition to the family. Most of our family is still strong Steelers fans. Uh, and it's, it's just kind of trickled throughout the entire family on that side of the family. Uh, Nobody's just, uh, defected to Detroit yet, huh? To the Lions. <laughs> Nobody's defected <laughs> to Detroit. However, I will say part of the family, there was uh, one of my grandpa's sons who moved to Massachusetts and betrayed the Steelers and became oh. a Patriots fan. Oh, that's the ultimate betrayal. <laughs> yes, very much so. I mean, we we would always joke about it, and we still had fun with it. Uh, but yep. we also have uh, one of his daughters who married someone who is a Browns fan. Oh, my and wife is a Browns wife. fan. Oh. However, the rest, as far as I'm aware of, is still Steelers fans. Well, and good. I still talk with a lot of my a couple of my uncles uh, that I'm really close with back at home. And we talk about Steelers football whenever we get a chance to, if I see him at church or whether I um, just, you know, I'm over at their house or whatever, just always enjoy talking Steelers football. Just, it's just a good organization to be a fan of. If you read my writing, I criticize the team a lot mm-hmm. for moves they make in the off season. But really when you sit back and look at it, we do have a really good organization uh, better than a lot of other ones, especially being from Michigan. I'm familiar with the lions yeah. <laughs> and I do not envy being a lions fan. So, right. uh, you know, it, it is good being a Steelers fan, and I'm very glad that I was born into a family that had uh, Steelers blood in it. Right. Did you see on social media the Detroit Rams T-shirts that are being sold? I see, did that, not. Yeah, uh, since Matthew Stafford's over there. That would never happen uh, in Pittsburgh, you know. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans are so diehard black and gold. You turn – oh away from the Steelers, uh, you turn away from the fans. That, that just doesn't happen. You would never see a um, Pittsburgh Patriots shirt when uh, James Harrison went to New England, right? You never see that. Right. And yeah. really what's <laughs> funny about that is 
the Lions media and the Detroit radio stations and yeah. all, all of the media, the local media, they trashed Matthew Stafford for years, <laughs> calling yeah. him part of the problem. And right. now Sean, he goes with Sean McVay and he becomes yeah. this totally new quarterback. Right. Oh, when did this happen? Oh, now Matthew Stafford is such a good guy. We're yeah. going to start rooting for him now. It, it, it makes it's so hypocritical, but at the yeah. same time, the Lions fans need something to root for. I guess you have to give right. them credit for sticking with the team through all yeah. these years. With, just like Browns fans, I, I do have to give them that. They are true fans if they're still sticking yeah. with the team. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, hey, um, while we're talking our personal memories and uh, selves, what's your favorite Steelers moment? I thought about saying San Antonio Holmes, but I think that would okay. be a little bit unfair considering I w- was only five years old when that happened. There you go. Gotcha. Um, I <laughs> vaguely remember it, but that's like the furthest back Steelers memory I have. Sure. Um, I would say, see the Ben Roethlisberger's two games in a row where he had those six touchdown passes. Oh, they were man. amazing, yeah. but I did not actually see those full games live. I watched okay. them later on. Right. When I actually watched live, it was a very polarizing game, but I would have to say, at the end of the playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals, when Vontaze Perfect had injured a bunch of players, right. and Ben hits Martavis Bryant, Bryant brings in an amazing catch, and then really just being able to come back and get that win late just felt really good despite all the drama that happened in that game. It was just something that uh, I really – it was just – as fans, you kind of got that chip on your shoulder, even sure. though you weren't playing. After all that was going on, it just felt so good to come out with a win in that game. Yeah, absolutely. That um... – from it being AJ McCarron and thinking, ah, oh, the Steelers are going to roll in this game to being down late to the debacle. That was quite the moment. I'd have to say that outside of the 05 and 08 Super Bowls, um, those were kind of givens. So I'm going to kind of go outside the box there. I think it's got to be uh, Christmas Day and the Immaculate Extension. Uh, yes. Antonio Brown. Oh, man. Talk about a thrilling game and the the drive that Ben put together in the last couple minutes to get them down into that position. And then with no timeouts, trusting Antonio Brown, not the biggest guy to, to catch a ball short of the goal line and fight through three guys to get into the end zone. That's ultimate trust. And it could have backfired, but it didn't. Antonio Brown made the play. And uh, I – remember running around the room screaming, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That was just one of the most incredible moments I've ever seen. So outside of James Harrison, hundred yard pick six and Santonio <laughs> Holmes back corner of the end zone, I'd have to say that that is, is my favorite Steelers moment. And uh, it won the division. It was such a big moment, you know, in that, in that situation. So that's my favorite Steelers moment. So, um, Let's move on. Let's talk about what we're going to do here uh, so listeners can get an idea of what the SDF podcast, the Steelers Draft Fix, is all about. Um, I think we're we're basically just going to deep dive the NFL draft. We're going to hit every position. We're going to hit the players that you need to know to uh, as we approach the draft and see which direction the Steelers are going to go. And uh, we'll go over what picks they have and value in the certain uh, in the pick numbers. And uh, we're going to go through the Steelers needs. We'll hit free agency. 
Um, we're going to cover roster changes basically throughout the offseason, off how it relates to the draft, and how those changes affect the organization as a whole. Uh, did you have anything to add to that? No, we're just going to be going through all the positions. A lot is going to be based off of what you read at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Mm-hmm. We have a big, big board. Uh, where we have, about, we have about eight different guys that are giving different scouting reports on different players, watching a whole lot of tape. Uh, it's based off of my initial top 300 to 400 rankings. Yeah, I think we're going out the top 400 this year. Um, and it's just loaded with in-depth scouting reports, what the guy does good, what the guy doesn't do good with, and just really breaking down value, giving a little bit of a Steelers twist as well, not just giving a straight scouting report, but how would he fit in the Steelers scheme? Just different things like that. I have mock drafts uh, that are going to be coming out. So, you know, when those come around, we'll be discussing those. There's just a, there's so much to talk about with the NFL draft in such a short period of time. You have so many prospects to touch, mm-hmm. but we're going to have a lot of fun with it. If you, if any of you ever have any questions, maybe we'll uh, have a question and answer time on one of our shows where we can just answer yeah. some questions that you have about the Steelers in the draft this year as well. Uh, but it's just going to be a fun podcast. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you said, um, check out, BTN or behind the curtain.com uh, for articles and, and content related to this and um, make comments there about the show, uh, about the article that you're reading, but you can also uh, get both Andrew and myself uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can get me uh, at the bets 93 T H E B E T Z nine three. And Andrew, where can uh, listeners find you to chat at you about your rankings? You can find me at Andrew underscore Wilbar, W-I-L-B-A-R. Awesome. All right. So we're wide open for critique, ladies and gentlemen. So bring it on in. We'll be happy to uh, talk back with you. And anytime we can talk Pittsburgh Steelers, I think uh, we're, we've got big smiles on our face uh, in those moments. So um, when we come back after a short break, we are going to start off by ranking position groups based on Steelers team need. Andrew and I will kind of shotgun and alternate uh, the needs list. And uh, not sure, but I think we're probably going to be pretty close on what we have at the top of our list together. But when we come back, we'll go into that. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Steelers. Oh, I keep wanting to say Steelers fantasy football fix, but that's not this show anymore. This is the Steelers draft fix. Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar with you. Andrew, we're going to break down some team needs, and I want to start with you on this uh, being the true draft guru at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Who is your Steelers' number one overall positional need? going into 2022? I'm actually going to go with a little bit of a surprise here. I'm going to go with cornerback. I know a lot of people are talking quarterback, and obviously it is a big need when you look at it on the depth chart. I'm not saying that it shouldn't shouldn't be addressed or anything like that. But at corner, I mean, you have Joe Hayden. 
Uh, he is still better than what a lot of people around the league give him credit for, but he has lost a lot of speed, and that was evident last year down the stretch. Akella Witherspoon, fans really liked the splash plays that he made at the end of the year, but he was really inconsistent in coverage. Now, I think the Steelers are going to sign him. They gave up two fifth-round picks to go out and get him. I don't think they're going to let him walk after just one season. But I don't think he's an, I don't think he's capable of being a number one guy or anything like that. So you really need to bring in someone who can either develop into a number one or be a number one. Now we know the Steelers do have a lot of uh, cap space compared to previous seasons. Right. Maybe they go out after a JC Jackson. Maybe they go after a Stephon Gilmore. But the cornerback position is fairly deep in this draft. I know that a lot of people are getting on the Sauce Gardner bandwagon. I believe he's going to be gone before the Steelers pick. His stock yeah. is really rising. Uh, just he was a the epitome of a lockdown corner this past year. I mean, averaging not even giving up twenty yards per game to opposing receivers, just yeah. absolutely stifling. I know that in the AAC, he didn't have outstanding competition each week. Uh, but really, throughout his entire college career, it's very hard to have complaints about what you saw on tape. Yeah, and I think anytime you see a guy just totally dominate at that level, you're, you're looking at a guy who could translate up into the bigger conferences and into the NFL. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on for sure. Right. Yeah. So um, I like that. Uh, it's, it is a little outside the probably the general thinking, uh, but I have cornerback pretty high in my rankings as well. So I'll jump in right behind you and go to – quarterback as the second need for the Steelers um, behind cornerback. The The quarterback class this year is polarizing, and I think because I, you don't see a lot of guys at the top that have put together multiple amazing seasons. Um, you know, and it it's like, what are, what are we getting here? We're getting some uh, one-season wonders, uh, one-hit wonders, or are we getting – uh, guys that are just on the upstart, on the upswing of their careers and are really putting it together and can be big-time players. And uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they, they've they had a style at quarterback for so long. But I think if you listen to coaching and if you listen to um, – or sorry, if you listen to coaches and you listen to front office, I think that might be changing. Andrew, what do you think? I think it's possible. I mean, I know that – before Ben, you had Tommy Maddox and you had some other right. quarterbacks in there, but they there was a guy by the name of Cordell Stewart a while back mm. who a lot of Steelers fans enjoyed. Others, you know, oh, yeah. they want more of the prototype pocket passer. But if you look at the guys coming into the league, the pocket passers just are not thriving very much anymore. I mean, right. Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, um, Daniel Jones has mobility. Uh, we'll see what he can develop into. Um, but just the Josh Rosen, the pocket passers just – they, I believe that you still can succeed. I mean, we're seeing what Mac Jones did in New England, but I feel like with the way the game is changing, it's very helpful if you have a guy who can take off and run. Obviously, yeah. passing is still the number one priority at the quarterback position, but it's definitely something that I believe the Steelers need to try to change the offense. Right. They need to change the offense a little bit, especially if they're going to buy into what Matt Canada's offense is, which I believe doesn't necessarily demand a mobile quarterback, but would definitely – make his offense a whole lot easier to run if the Steelers had that capability from the quarterback position. Yeah, I agree. And a guy that really stood out to me at the senior bowl, um, maybe not so much in the practices. He had a, a couple um, good moments, but in the actual game, I liked Desmond Ritter a lot. I saw the mobility. I saw the accuracy and the arm. 
he's not as big like we were talking about as some as what you would generally see the Steelers looking at. But I think a lot of that did have to do with who they had at the starter position the last 18 years. That's big Ben Roethlisberger. If you're going to bring in somebody to fill in for him, you want another big body guy that kind of plays the same way, right? They, you see that in Baltimore with uh, Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. Um, so I think maybe you, you, you buy into Canada's system. You, you bring in a guy that's more of a dual threat as opposed to this guy is a scrambler like a Lamar Jackson, you want a guy more like a, a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes in, in their ability to move in the pocket and make plays with their legs when things break down. Is, is that what you would say as well? Yeah, I would agree. I believe – I don't think there's any necessarily true like Lamar Jackson type quarterbacks, but there are different guys in this draft that people have concerns when it comes to passing the football. And I do feel with Ritter, you know, accuracy sporadic. Sometimes he just – he puts a little bit too much on his balls, um, mm-hmm. overthrows a lot of receivers over the middle of the field, struggled in the Alabama game. He probably would be a first-round pick if he hadn't have had such a poor performance in that yeah. Alabama game. Mm-hmm. But if you can get him in the second round, you know, second-round quarterbacks are not a popular thing. Right. But if the Steelers are sold on him and you can get him there, yeah. if Matt Canada truly feels that that's the guy to run his offense, I can't say I would complain about it. I could think of a lot worse scenarios for the Steelers – uh, to get themselves sure. into. Yeah, I agree with that. At 20, you can, you can find a, an impact positional player and maybe a guy like Ritter falls to the early second round. Maybe you have to move up for him. Um, but, you know, if they really love a guy, I think, I think they have the ability to do that. And uh, let's not take out of account that the free agent market is a big play potential as well for the Steelers. Too. And I don't know if they're going to go out and sign a huge name, but a veteran passer that has a resume might be somebody that they would go after as well. All right. Uh, what is the number three position in your order of importance there? Well, for me, after corner and quarterback, it's going to be offensive tackle. Amen. I was tempted to put this first. And a lot of Steelers fans believe that the way Dan Moore finished last year, you know, this is a position that, you know, it doesn't need to be addressed early on, just address it with another mid-round pick, maybe bring back Chris Hubbard to be a right tackle, swing tackle, whatever the case may be. This is the second most important position in football. And a a lot of people don't want to sign at a 30-year-old Teron Armstead. But (laughs) if you look at where the Steelers are picking – I do not see any great options after the top three tackles. Of course, that being Ika Mekawanu, uh, Charles Cross, and then, of course, Evan Neal from Alabama. Trevor Penning had a chance to rise to help his stock at the Senior Bowl. He struggled with speed rushers. He plays off balance. He doesn't have great feet. He's going to have to start off at right tackle in the NFL. But that all comes back to Steelers fans. You know, a lot of people believe he's Dan Moore's the left tackle of the future. Yeah. I personally feel like his traits – would benefit him more on the right side of the line and then trying to go after and truly developing an elite tackle. I know that's not the Steelers mojo. We've never had elite left tackles, but I believe as the game is changing, becoming a more pass happy offense, that's a position that if you can find somebody elite, you've got to pay top dollar and you just got to realize that it's worth it. Yeah. And if you get that guy at quarterback, the guy you believe is going to be the future of the Steelers for next 10 15 years what better way to protect that investment than to also invest in the blindside protector 
the the big uglies up front. That's where you that's where you save your quarterback, and that's where a guy like Najee Harris can really take a next step forward. Is if you get him some help on that O line. Do you like the the thought of pursuing a big name? OT in free agency as opposed to early in the draft? Or are you looking more, uh, in your opinion, that it's better to draft a guy with starting ability day one that can develop into a premier guy down the road? I think this year it would be better, since the Steelers do have the money, to go after Tron Armstead. I know that he's already 30 years old. Maybe you'd only try to sign him maybe on a three-year deal, maybe a four-year deal. Um, if you want a cheaper option, Eric Fisher, I know he's coming off an injury, uh, yeah. but he's a guy that could be available. Um, if Trenton Brown, he's played left tackle before, but the Steelers are going to keep Dan Moore at left tackle, maybe go right tackle. But I just did not see any good options at pick 20. Trevor Penning, like I said, he's the right. next guy on the list. After that, there's a big drop-off. On yeah. day two, I mean, you're looking at Darian Kennard, who's more – he may end up even sliding inside to guard at the next level. Same thing goes for Daniel Fialele. I was really high on him last year, but – there were some things that we saw at the senior bowl that kind of confirmed some of the issues that were exposed on tape this past season, yeah. struggling with the bendy pass rushers. He's six foot nine, so he can't get down low. Yeah. Those bendy edge rushers are going to beat him around the edge. So I have a few more concerns than what I did at this t- point last year. So I don't really see an offensive tackle answer in the draft, barring a miracle that Ike Mekawanu or Charles Cross were to fall all the way to 20. And even right. then I do have some concerns with both of those players as well. Yeah. Especially um, when, quarterback and uh, cornerback are such deep positions and um, more needful in both of our opinion at this point. Right. (laughs) So I think you, I think you'll see um, you're going to see obviously a lot of changes as we approach the draft as uh, whose stock is rising and falling. But I agree with that. I think you've got big money this year. Don't go out and sign a big name quarterback. That's not, homebred that that's not a stealer go out and sign a, a big name tackle to protect him and jumpstart that running game and let Najee Harris be the guy in 2022 while whoever is your draft pick at quarterback is is working into the system and and trying to become the guy as well so well uh we're gonna move on to uh the fourth overall position and uh just for the record I had cornerback at number three offensive tackle at number two and quarterback at number one. Uh, did you have those three in, the, in your top three as well, Andrew? Yeah, I had corner one, uh, quarterback two, and offensive tackle three. Yeah, yeah. so we're pretty um, clear on, on that. So I think at number four for me uh, is actually linebacker. And the reason why is Devin Bush coming off the injury was not what – we as Steelers fans hoped uh, as far as uh, that explosive playmaker that we saw at the end of uh, his second year that was really coming into his own and, in my opinion, was flying around with the best of them. Um, So maybe he needs another year uh, to get past that injury, move on. But beside him, what do you got? I mean, Joe Schobert's probably – on his way out of town, to be honest, uh, they might try to bring him back. I could see that happening. He's a veteran presence. He's a solid performer, but I think that they're going to want to upgrade in the middle of the defense, get some more speed there. And I could see um, if a guy like Nicobe Dean uh, from Georgia 
makes it to 20 that the Steelers uh, scratch their chins a little bit and say, should we, should we do this? Because Steelers football is always defense led. And if they see a, a really exceptional talent that they, that they really like a guy that's high on their board and he falls a little bit and lands in their laps, I could see them making a move, even though it's not the quarterback position, it's not the offensive line, it's not cornerback for a guy that can really change the way they play defense um, in the middle of the field. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> when you look at the linebacker position, I don't have it quite as high on my list uh, just because I do believe that with ACL injuries and knee injuries, it takes a little bit of time to get back. Sometimes a lot of people say yeah. two years is kind of the time frame to get back. So I'm still a believer in Devin Bush. I think he can come back and be at least closer to what we saw from him two years ago. But I do believe the Steelers do need a good buck linebacker. Joe Schobert, he's not a true buck linebacker. He's a 4-3 Mike. Uh, he just did not work in that buck linebacker role. But fortunately for the Steelers, there it is a really good linebacker class. Shannon White from Behind the Steel Curtain wrote a really good article this week on Chad Muma, who had a yeah. really good senior bowl week. Mm -hmm. If you haven't checked it out, go out and read it at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. He had a great play in the senior bowl game. He chased down Malik Willis in the backfield. He's very instinctual, very smart, always around the football. He had, I believe he had over 140 tackles this season. So he could be a guy to consider if he falls all the way to the third round. I'm curious to see what his testing numbers are. are. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Quay Walker's potential. Granted, he is still a little bit raw, but Damone mm -hmm. Clark, Darian Beavers, one thing that a lot of people do not talk about with the Steelers linebackers is the lack of length that they have. Mm -hmm. Devin Bush is short, six foot. Um, Joe Schobert was, I believe, six one. Uh, right. Robert Splane, six foot. When you get a guy that has just a couple extra inches of length, that yeah. really helps sh shorten the area that a quarterback can fit the ball into in those gaps, mm -hmm. especially in the Steelers zone defense. We like to drop our uh, linebackers into coverage when we run a lot of our cover three, dropping them into coverage that leaves some holes open. Having that extra little bit of length can really disrupt the quarterback. Also, it makes it a little bit hard for shorter quarterbacks to be able to get over and throw the ball over, yeah. you know, about 10 yards over the middle of the field. So I think that's something the Steelers need to consider in your buck linebacker. Can you find a guy that's maybe six, three, like a Damone Clark, a Darian Beavers, Quay Walker, sure. something like that. Yeah. A guy with some upside and some speed too, man. I, I can't help but think what this defense would be like if uh, Ryan Shazier and Devin Bush, and I know they probably oh. don't go get Devin Bush um, in that draft that early, but say they did, you got those two guys in the middle of the field that I think you've got uh, a Devin white and a, Oh man, what's the what's the guy next to him? I'm blanking on his name. Levante um, David. Yeah, Levante David type situation in Pittsburgh, and with the front seven rushing the passer and what they can do at cornerback, I think that that's really enticing to Mike Tomlin and probably Terrell Austin, the new defensive coordinator for the Steelers. So, you know, that's why I kind of put that up there is that it changes the way you can play defense if you've got speed and length, like you're saying at the Buck linebacker position next to hopefully a stronger, uh, better version of Devin Bush two years removed from his injury. Who you got at number five, uh, Andrew? Well, after the top three, at number four, I actually have center as my number okay. four. Um, I, the only issue is Tyler Linderbaum is by far the best center in this class. Yes. After that, there's a huge drop-off. I'm not sure if there's 
anyone else in this draft. I mean, there's a Ben Brown from Ole Miss. There's other guys, but I'm not sure if there's any guy who's actually the answer. This Maybe the Steelers go out and get a Mason Cole. There's kind of a stopgap yeah. free agent, something bringing competition for Kendrick Green. But then at number five, I have guard as well. I, I believe that Trey Turner needs to go. He, he just was not the same player last year. He hasn't been the past yeah. two years. Right. Um, Lasita Smith is the guy that I really like out of okay. uh, Virginia Tech. He's a guy, got great power, uh, very athletic. He can pull. He has experience playing in the inside and outside zone schemes Virginia Tech has. And if we don't get him, my sleeper at the position is Tyrese Robinson from Oklahoma. He's not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy, mm-hmm. but he has very good finesse, and he has pretty good arm length. He keeps his pad square, and he plays with a good pad level. Yeah, um, it's huge to – get some push in the middle and Trey Turner was just not doing that. Um, if you get a healthy Kevin Dotson back, maybe you can even move him to the right side where in that, where he played in college, wasn't he a right guard in college? Yes, he was. Yeah. And that's, he's a people mover in his, on the comfortable side, I think. And if you can get a guy that can go opposite um, at, at guard, at, at left guard, or even a right guard if they like to keep him there. But either way, you got a guy who can move people. I think the offense changes if Najee Harris is more efficient on the ground. No matter who's at quarterback, I think that that increases the big play potential of the offense and right. the ability for the team to run a Matt Canada-style uh, system. So I, that's a huge position of need, too. It's hard to move them up above some of these other ones that we've talked about, but, man, wouldn't you just love to see some massive dudes pushing people around in the middle of the field and let Najee Harris be a Derrick Henry-type player? Absolutely. I agree totally. Awesome. All right, well, um, moving on to the next position group. I like defensive line at number six, and uh, the reason why – we're not sure what's going on with Stefan Tuitt. Um, you've got a guy in Tyson Alualu coming off a pretty significant injury. And uh, yes, you spent, um, I believe, a fourth round pick in this year's draft to move up to get uh, Loudermilk in yes. 2021. But uh, he's raw. He still needs some development. And I think if you can find a, a second or third round guy a defensive tackle that's uh, somebody who's a little more plug-and-play, um, then you, you're helping shore up a, a huge problem in the defense, and that was the rush defense. It would be really cool, um, in my opinion, if they could go out and get the big boy from Georgia. Um, you Jordan Davis. Yeah, Jordan Davis. Uh, yes. At 20, uh, would you hate it if he – was the pick at 20? I really wouldn't. If Tyler Linderbaum is off the board, if Malik Willis is off the board, he's kind of my guy at quarterback. Yeah, sure. I mean, everything's open. I think if it comes down to that, I think you try to trade down and get more picks. The Steelers don't yeah. have a bunch of draft capital. Right. I can understand some fans' concerns with the fact that he maybe conditioning issues. He was off the field a lot. I feel like it was more the fact that Georgia had just had such good depth on their defensive line. They were always yeah. rotating guys trying to keep them fresh. And Jordan right. Davis is a beast. We can get into other nose tackles in a later uh, episode, but right. I, I mean, I, I love Jordan Davis. The guy is just a beast. Just uh, he, the way he just presents himself, he's just a great motivational guy on that defensive line. It's going to bring energy to the locker room. Yeah, I agree. And uh, who's the other guy 
at Georgia that's coming out this year. It's uh, Devontae Wyatt, right? Um, he's yes. got a little more pass rush pop as well. And I think that maybe a second round type play, that would be an awesome pick in my opinion. If you could get one of those two Georgia guys at some point in the draft, that that would look good uh, going into a season where you're not sure if to its healthy, what that what that's going to look like. And uh, your depth is mostly unproven. Yeah, it, the, my only concern with Devontae Wyatt is that when Jordan Davis did go off the field, their running game struggled a lot when Devontae Wyatt was asked to be that. Mm. He super often asked to be uh, the one-tech or zero-tech as kind of the nose-tackle guy. They were most of the time in a 4-3, he was only a three-tech. But, you know, he did get pushed around some. Right. And I, he just did not play quite as well against the run when Jordan Davis was out. He does have some pass rush ability. And I think, in, you know, Carl Dunbar is a genius with the yeah. defensive line. I trust him with whatever the Steelers decide right. to do. I prefer the prototype nose tackle. Um, sure. And I'm not sure if Wyatt is – he has athleticism, but I'm not sure if he has – I just haven't seen him a whole lot at five tech in a – you know, in a, what, how he would look in a 3-4 scheme. But it's sure. something to think about, especially with Tuit. Uh, right. his usual known. Yeah, and the Steelers' propensity to jump into sub-package play, um, a rotational guy maybe that helps with the run game when they've got an extra corner on the field or yep. an extra linebacker. So, yeah. Um, okay, who you got at number seven? Well, I've got after well, – I've actually got number six. I have the wide receiver right after okay. guard. I have sure. wide receiver. Yep. Uh, Steelers only have two – legitimate wide receivers under contract. Ray McLeod is a free agent. Yep. Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, both free agents. The <laughs> only reason they're not in the top five is because there's so many other positions that need this team. Right, plus. exactly. Yeah, Steven Sims and uh, Anthony Miller, I believe the Steelers may have something there. I like them both <laughs> coming out of the draft. Uh, we'll see what happens with them. I'd like to see him sign a veteran free agent just because I believe that would help with just the maturity in the locker room. Right. And then I also believe they need a speed demon. This, yeah. this entire receiving core, it's really lacked a true burner since Martavis Bryant. I think it would do them very well to find a guy who can really torch defenses. Who's your speed guy in the middle rounds that you like? I generally wait until after the combine for most, just because I want to see this is, I know people don't like straight line speed, but I feel like with the burner, you, the 40 time does have some weight just because you want to see what their top end speed truly is. But yeah. Velas Jones Jr. is a guy that I know played pretty well at the senior bowl. He had one drop that I saw, mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, he's played pretty good hands. He's got good speed. Um, there, there's several other guys that we'll get into probably later as it goes on. I'm still kind of digging into the receivers right now. Uh, okay. In a yep. couple of weeks, we'll be hitting that on the big board, so be sure to check that out when that comes out. We'll have all the information. We're going to have a lot of <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, a lot of receivers. It seems like there's more and more quality ones every year. And uh, I think it's one of the most translatable positions from the college game to the pros just because so many guys, so many teams are passing. But you do want a straight-line speed guy. Um, Claypool is fast, but he doesn't really – I don't think he plays that – uh, Martavis Bryant role as well. I, I think he's right. more of a contested catch guy. And um, well, <laughs> you want him to be more of a contested catch guy and a, a guy who rules the, the deep middle of the field. But um, yeah, a, a guy in the mold of Jamison Williams, I don't think they get Jamison Williams out of Alabama. Um, I, you know, they probably don't want to spend, first round pick on a wide receiver and he's probably gone before then as well, but just the speed, the, 
the game-changing breakaway uh, ability is something that this offense was sorely lacking and something that they could take advantage of with a younger arm in the backfield. Yeah, I agree. Cool deal. Um, okay, so right after that, I've got wide receiver as my seventh-ranked position right behind defensive line. Um, so I'm going to go to my to my one right, wide a- right after wide receiver, and that's uh, running back. I really like the idea of bringing in somebody that can do more than just be a backup to Najee if he goes out with an injury or needs a breather, a, a guy who can bring in some pop as a change of pace guy. And the Steelers do need to be careful with Najee Harris to a point because you can't run the wheels off a guy in 17 game seasons and expect him to be a viable contributor in the playoffs. I think that was a big part of his injury problems down the stretch was just all the touches he had consumed over the course of the season. And, uh, you know, somebody who can come in and change the pace, come in on some receiving downs and help him out there as well. A guy I really like is uh, Baylor's Abram Smith. He's got decent speed. Um, He's a great ball catcher, uh, a guy that I think could come in and be um, a help on offense at the running back position and maybe even on special teams right away. Uh, for a guy like Najee, who is a, a bruising downhill style runner, somebody that changes up what the defense has to do when he comes out on the field. Yeah, I'm I'm not completely – I haven't given up on Anthony McFarland yet, but Abram Smith, yeah. he did show a lot of burst at the Senior Bowl. I wasn't super familiar with him during the year. I saw him toward the end of the year. Uh, that, that guy has some burst in the open field, um, and he's a very exciting player. Right after – receiver like it's seven and eight i could have changed they're interchangeable but i split up nose tackle and defensive end i had nose tackle oh, at seven okay. and then i had safety at eight the one storyline that steelers fans need to follow at safety is carnell like son and troy palomalo's nephew are both in this draft and we'll get into both of them in a later episode yes, both these absolutely. guys can actually play day three picks these guys could be true value on day three will be interesting to see if the steelers bite yeah, an interesting side note to this draft is all the um, players coming in that have Steeler connections in their family. Uh, I think it's Cam Hayward's brother, right, that's in this yes. this class as well. And he's an intriguing talent. So, yeah, I think bloodlines are huge in this organization, in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room as well. You saw that with the selection of TJ in uh, – uh, 2017, I think, right? 2017. Yep. And, um, you know, so something like that is something to keep an eye on for sure at that, at that position. So, um, all right, well, I th- we're kind of running out of time, uh, here. So let's kind of, let's rapid fire a, a last couple here. Um, I'll just throw a position group out there. Where do you have outside linebacker? I had them right outside the list at 11, only because I had 3-4 defensive end at 10, but it's a loaded class as well. Keep an eye on those three cone drill times at the Senior Bowl. Any guy that gets under 6-9, you got to go back and watch the tape. Just the guys that run under 6-9, the three cone, generally have really good success. So if you got a guy, if you see a guy that runs 6-9, I encourage you to go out and watch the tape for yourself and see if that translates to what you see on tape. Yeah, and it's... If you are wanting to check out tape on anybody, it's 
really just a quick YouTube search, basically, for most of these draft picks. And uh, you can find information on them through their school and whatever you want. So if you want to kind of follow up on some of these players that we're mentioning, absolutely check that out. Um, and really, it's a lot of fun, too, especially as you get closer to the draft and you realize the Steelers are have looked at specific players. Like, they talked a lot with Malik Willis. Go look at his tape. Um, you don't see it in the Senior Bowl, really, but he has a pretty big arm. And uh, so go check some of those tape, like like you're saying, and uh, that can be a big deal. Where do you got uh, tight end? Tight end, I actually have at 13 on the list. Yeah, I, so I honestly did not even think about that for the sure. most part. I, I mean, I'm not a Zach Gentry fan, even though I'm a Michigan fan. Still bitter at him for all the drop passes he had. He couldn't block. He couldn't run. He couldn't catch. He couldn't do anything right at Michigan. Yeah. I have never liked the guy, but he has <laughs> developed into a decent depth piece. I'll give him that. He's retransformed his body. And, of course, Pat Fryermuth. I love the guy. Um, yeah. I, we could maybe afford to bring in an undrafted free agent, late-round pick, maybe yeah. a cheap free agent. Um, but it's not a position that I'm going to prioritize. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, it's something that you want to – bringing some guys this off season to compete for depth spots. But um, I think a big priority for the offense this season needs to be, how can we get Pat Fryermuth involved in the offense even a little more than he was in 2021? That'll, that'll be a, a huge deal for this, this team coming up in 2022. All right. Well, Andrew, I think that kind of wraps our first episode. We've gone through, the position groups that I, I think the Steelers really want to focus in on. Is there anything else you'd like to mention real quick just before we go? Just check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I have a free agency series I'm doing right now going by position. This past week, we looked at the offensive tackles, three offensive tackles the Steelers should consider. Go and check that out if you haven't. Later on this week, going to have the interior offensive linemen, so we'll look at both guards and centers the Steelers could look at. There's a lot of good content coming out. We'll have another big board coming out this week. The quarterbacks are coming out next, so stay tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers because we got a lot of draft content coming at you. That's right. Like you said, one-stop shop. If you got or if you want Steelers information, we've got it for you. All right, that'll do it for the inaugural episode of the Steelers Draft Fix. We'll come at you again next Monday with uh, more of a topical deep dive into one of the positions that we have discussed tonight. We'll get you back here next Monday. Andrew, hope you have a great evening. We'll talk to you later, all right? You as well, Jeremy. Thank you. All right. It's Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar signing off. Mm -hmm.